0: Hi, I'm Dr. Stan Steindl. Welcome to Compassion in a T-shirt, In Session. Today I'll be speaking with Deidre Fay. Deidre is an author and trainer, teacher and founder of Becoming Safely Embodied Skills in part one of my conversation with Deidre we'll discuss how she arrived at her approach to becoming safely embodied. In part two, we'll explore each of the nine skills that she describes in her book, Becoming Safely Embodied. There's so much wisdom to be gained whenever you hear Deidre speak, and it comes along with a lot of heart and a lot of embodiment. I do hope you enjoy being in session with my friend Deidre Faye. Well, welcome, Deidre Faye. Always
1: oh. great to be with you, Stan.
0: Yes, no, great to be with you as well. Founder of Becoming Safely Embodied Skills, author, teacher, trainer, and just a very wise person, I must say. <laughs> it, is, it is lovely to see you again. I always, whenever we get to meet up around the world, I, I, I definitely go away feeling more full. In, in a few ways, probably, actually, now that I'm thinking out loud, you know, more more full in terms of the wisdom, but just in a, a heartfelt way as well. We had some lovely chats in Edinburgh a couple of years ago. so And
1: we'll have more.
0: Um, yes, I'm, I'm hoping so. <laughs> but, um, yeah, thank you for, for being willing to have a bit of a chat on compassion in a T-shirt in session. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I really wondered whether we could... Perhaps start with um, yeah, just a bit about you and, and especially perhaps you know how you've arrived at this this notion of becoming safely embodied
1: well it all starts a long time ago so years ago I lived in an ashram a yoga ashram and that would have been in the 80s and 90s and I really didn't know much about myself at that point. I'd been in therapy, but I didn't know that much. And one of the things that happened while I was in that safe cocoon and doing a lot of yoga and meditation uh, was my own trauma history came up. And I would never have, I mean, I wouldn't have just known that about myself. I wouldn't have framed it that way, but suddenly all this stuff came up. Memories, associations, my body went kaflui. I went from being really active training for triathlons to not wanting to get out of bed and just um, not wanting to be active, not wanting to activate anything. And so that was in the late 80s. And there wasn't much known about trauma at that point. The field was just developing with Bessel and Jim Chu and Judy uh, Herman and all those. And so, you, the, the big confusion point for me was, well, how come I could be so actively engaged in my body? You know, where yoga says the body is the temple for the soul. And then I was like, not, I was not living in a temple. I was, it was like chaos, you know, pain and horror. And I was afraid to go on meditations. I was afraid to really do any active postures. Um, So I began to ask myself, what happened? What happened to me? And how do I put myself back together again? And so I started reading really thoroughly the the yogic and um, Buddhist scriptures and just like, how do I do this? And uh, then going into active psychotherapy so that I could put some of the pieces together. I love the ashram. I went to graduate school, I got my degree. Uh, while I was getting my degree, I was training at one of the major hospitals in the Boston area, and somebody heard that I'd lived in an ashram, asked me to um, to teach on the dissociative unit and teach the, the women uh, on the unit at, in the evening about yoga meditation, and so that's what started it. I, you know, I wasn't getting paid. I was doing it on my own time, but it was you know, it was such a calling for me to give back to people to do, you know, see what, did it work for them too? Could I could I help in this way? Could the ancient teachings, you know, the basic uh, teachings help? And I had to realize I had to keep breaking it down into smaller and smaller bits. Anyway, along the way, Bessel heard about the work that I was doing and invited me to join his clinic And um, during that time, I started these groups and um, I came up with the idea of becoming safely embodied. It just happened one day and started leading them there. And then I uh, took them into my private practice and then Janina Fisher, my colleague, and we shared an, uh, an office suite would send her clients there and they were getting better faster and she was like what are you doing there and so she um started co-leading the groups with me and at some point we had like three years of layers of groups people they went from 10 weeks to i don't know to 24 weeks and then the second year they just wanted more and and i realized like people want this kind of structured experience and you know it, it was only years later when i was studying attachment theory with Dan Brown that in attachment theory, there's a lot of research around scaffolding. Uh, Carlin Lyons-Ruth is one of the great proponents who's done some research around this. And the idea is for a child as they're developing, they need to have somebody take apart a big task into smaller and smaller bits so that they can actually track it and move through it. And one of the things that has happened so much to people who have a trauma history or difficult relationship issues growing up is they never were given that kind of structured guidance and mentoring. So I think of that as one of the fundamental attachment needs that we all have. How do you take a big task and make it smaller, especially if it's an emotional dysregulation? How do you do that if you didn't? If, if when you were growing up, and you felt a lot of emotion and it came out as a temper tantrum or as crying and somebody made you wrong for that or rolled their eyes or shut you in a room or a closet or told you you're a bad person or a big uh, boys don't do that whatever it is we shut ourselves down and we shut that experience down. so we don't learn and grow we don't develop that capacity oh let that emotion rise crest and fall and pass through and so uh, that's what I realized the Becoming Safely Embodied Skills do is they actually take apart these basic fundamental internal dynamics and teach you the life hacks on how to do them or how to live with life in a in a better, more easy way. So that's what I did over time is wean out like what are these fundamental skills that really, really help people? What what how could I give people um, in the book, a, a way to just jumpstart it. And what I've heard from people is that even long-term meditators like realize like, oh, this is how, you know, what mindfulness is in the body, you know, in the really concrete ways, or how do you practice concentration in a very concrete way? And then um, one of the main things people would say or ask me is like, what, Like what's the best way to get better? (laughs) And I'd say there's really two main skills and they are mindfulness and and concentration. Those are the two main skills to to get better. I need to be able to name what's going on internally and externally, which is a mindfulness practice. And I need to be able to concentrate on where I wanna go um, instead of getting caught up by this swarm of life. So if I'm in a trigger, I need to be able to say, A, I'm triggered, but I also need to say, I wanna go here. I want more spaciousness. I wanna ease away from this triggered response. So that's a concentration. These are very simple meditation skills that are essential. Now, compassion arises that compassion in the traditions is really a concentration practice. It's the development of a capacity. Um, And so, That, you know, with the onset of Paul's work and Kristen Neff and Chris Germer's work, it's really this development of can I offer myself self compassion and you know, and I know, and everybody that we talk to knows how hard it is, you know, when we're caught in it, how do I actually take in and receive, so I started doing a lot of uh, embodiment practices like what's it like to take in into my energetic body my physical my psychological body in yoga we have these different layers of the body we call them the koshas you know this the physical body the emotional uh, body the, the thinking body the energetic body the wisdom body and you know the larger sense of self or soul body and so how do I actually receive something in and and that's hard you know if I and so, and energetically, if we ask somebody to do that, you know, and even as you're listening, you can play with that. What happens if I, if I ask like a goodness, if I kindness to just come into my body, there'll be a place where my body just freezes up or resists. And it's not conscious, it's underneath, it's subcortical. So that's where we have to engage at that, at that very tender boundary of like, okay, how can I let it actually come in a little bit closer? It doesn't have to come all the way into my heart. I don't have to be like receptive to compassion right in this moment, but can I allow my body to receive just a little bit more? And that's where so much juice is, but it's also where we get complicated. We can get it in our head, but we have to really repattern our, not just our physical body, but our energetic body, because that's, what's gonna, that's where the fears, blocks and resistances are gonna come up. So anyway, that's the long story of everything.
0: It's incredible because, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, it, it, well, there's lots to, to dive into there. The, the thing that really struck me though, um, right at the beginning is just the sort of recognition that be- becoming embodied is scary yes that, that that's the that's sort of that was the, the sort of the revelation for you at the ashram almost wasn't it was was that you had done all this work but to really kind of connect with the body in and around the traumas that perhaps had, had arisen for you again that was really scary and so all of that part just
1: shut back down again Nice. and that i think that's what we find is how do we deal with, if, if a fear comes up, what do we do with it? Do I, Can I actually metabolize it inside myself or am I gonna project it out onto the world as a bad, scary place? Um, and dealing with this idea of, in the book, I talk a lot about the parallel lives that we live in, and that's that undigested material. So if I live in this present moment, is one thing I can think about my life <clears throat> But what tends to happen is the past intrudes <clears throat> and Mary Main and Mary Ainsworth, the big attachment theorists, talk about this. The past is always intruding into the moment, but we don't have those distinctions. So in, in the Becoming and Embodied Skills, we talk about parallel lives that I'm here in this moment and the past is happening. And the past is made up of all these different time capsules of experience. The first time we rode a bike, first time we went to school, the First time we went for a swim, Uh, first time somebody shamed us, you know? And did we metabolize that or did we constrict around it and tuck it away and um, divorce ourselves, disidentify from it so that we didn't have to feel it? Because everything in life rises, crests, and falls. But if I haven't let that rise, crest, and falls, it's gonna stay stuck in me. And in yoga, we talk about that as um, the knots or the wounds or the impressions on consciousness. And so the, this samskara is what, the wound of it gets caught in consciousness and doesn't metabolize and clear. And in yoga, the idea is that prana, the life force, is its only job is to help us grow develop and flourish it's to become more ourselves so prana is meant to flow through and rise crest and fall and move out and have us become the great stand that we are but if i tighten myself around it then it's going to get stuck inside and i'm going to end up like a Picasso painting kind of like warped inside not allowing everything to move through So how do we reclaim that? And part of what happens for people in therapy and certainly in their own personal work is that if I'm in this moment and stuff is coming up, can I let it come up and pass through? Can I let it clear? Or am I gonna get constricted around it? And I can do all the work cognitively. I can even do the work emotionally but can i also clear it out of my body and i did a lot of practice for years with the sufi traditions and so much of what they do is about the heart and so i created these heart bathing meditations which is really clearing the tender heart you know clearing and holding and washing our heart so that it can be free of constriction
0: when we when we get sort of truly exposed to all of those facet, facets of ourselves it, it, it's, it's kind of chaos in a way it's certainly overwhelming you know the, 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 the historical experiences that might come to mind or come to body the, the sort of the emotional kind of ups and downs and chaos maybe it is joyful experiences but maybe there are shame memories and, and it just the overwhelming nature of that the temptation is is just to, to kind of shut down, I guess, from that, to, to therefore right. not experience it. Maybe even right. sometimes it's easier just to to stay in, in the head and, and do all the cognitive work, but the embodiment piece is, is actually somewhat more threatening or scary or... Absolutely. And, and Absolutely,
1: because we don't have the framework for it.
0: it the exa- that's where I was about to go. You mentioned that notion of scaffolding. And, and right. the, the notion of, of, you know, how were our uh, emotions and, and our physical sensations and so on experienced as children and how were they responded to by others and, and, and was there scaffolding there that that just helps us to, to, to allow that to rise, crest and fall or does it rise and then up comes something else? For example, I feel right. angry and now I feel fearful because my anger was always punished or whatever it might be and so the 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 crest and fall piece (laughs) is the bit where it seems to get
1: stuck exactly what tends to happen is that if emotion just rises or a thought rises it what happens is we then start telling a story about it and so in the becoming safely on body skills, a lot of what we do is disentangle that. What's a thought? What's a feeling? What's a body sensation? So that I can actually let that movement flow through. But let's say I grew up in an angry household and I start feeling something come up. And now I'm like, I feel the anger and I'm looking at you and you're the one making me angry. But then I think about my, whatever happened and that gets, and so suddenly this this web starts dealing the storyline develops over and over and over and it clouds the actual experience of this sensation just wanting to move through Mm. and so the storyline captures us and we can't drop the story or it's harder to drop the story to just let that moment move through Mm. and that's so much of what has to get untangled and the reason why it doesn't in part is because we're here in this moment and so we're looking at our world now And this world we think the upset is about this moment but really it's the undigested experience from the past and we you know in compassion focused therapy this is a lot of what we do and how do we let that keep moving and I think the piece I've added to it, cft is this piece of the body letting it move through the body rather than just trying to address it inside so so somebody was just posting on one of our um uh, facebook groups this morning our community groups of like taking something inside themselves and drawing it and externalizing it but that's one of the things we talk about is you we do this in chair work in cft but Another way is through drawing or writing, taking this internal experience and putting it out there so I can see it and deal with it. Just as it's the same work as chair work, dancing, singing, sounding, can all be ways to externalize something. So it's no longer just in here, but I can, I can access it out there and see what's, what's encrusted in that experience.
0: So there you go. That's how Deidre arrived at Becoming Safely Embodied. In part two, we'll hear Deidre speak in depth about the nine core skills that she presents in her book, Becoming Safely Embodied.